Johnny Knoxville, Steve-O, other members of Jackass. What programme is Johnny Knoxville in? He's in Jackass. No, he's in Jackass. But that's not how you say it. Welcome to the Video Gamer Podcast, episode 264. My name is Colin Mahern, and with me this week, there's proper love in this man. Do not underestimate him. Anyone who has ever fallen in love with him knows what I mean. It's Mike Harridance. Hello. And she's as strong as death. Her flashes are flashes of fire. Many waters cannot quench her. It's Alice Bell. Hi. Uh, I want to say it's royal wedding related. And you would be entirely correct. Those are the words, or at least the bastardised words, of one Bishop Michael Curry. Is it Michael was his first name? It's Michael, yeah. Yeah, The most reverend Michael Curry. Uh, Because this was the guy who uh, set the world alight on Saturday afternoon-ish when he gave a 40-minute sermon that wasn't meant to be 40 minutes. 14 or 14. No, 14. 14. It yeah, felt like 14. Jesus. 14? <laughs> yeah. That was 40? I genuinely... Yeah, I would have had no issue believing... 14, was, yeah. It was, he was almost it, like... Like all the English people were like, I'm sorry, that's not how we do sermons here. You've entirely too much passion. Please pass around some fair trade biscuits instead. <laughs> um, yeah, he was, he was uh, many people's favourite bit of the royal wedding. Well, at le- I suppose he was at least a talking point because yeah. it was just a wedding, you know? It's like a very expensive wedding. A yeah. very expensive wedding that's a boy and a girl getting married, like whatever. Well, well my favourite bit, I was going to say one of my favourite bits, but indeed my only favourite bit is that because Harry's marrying an actress, it means that loads it's of... It's a celeb wedding. It's a celeb wedding, so loads of like... Her, um, her friends who were all like in the cast of Suits were there. So fucking Zoe from Firefly was at the most recent royal wedding. Like Clooney was there. Tom Hardy was there. Bex, Posh and Bex were yeah. there. James Corden. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it was a celebrity wedding. I don't know how the celebrities would pronounce the word that was doing the rounds though. Because re- I'm sorry, I have to pigeonhole this in. Have you heard the, the what people were calling the new dress or does this mean nothing to either of you? Because judging what by your, you your reactions, people are calling it the new dress. The, the, is it the dress blue and black or white and gold? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you think it said? Uh, Laurel. What do you think it said? Do you have no, you've no idea I, what we're talking I, I, I about. Sorry, this bit. didn't happen in 1994. <laughs> uh, this only happened last week. Yeah, so there's a, a voice clip of someone either saying Yanni or Laurel. And some, depending on how you hear things, you heard. I. It's one of those things where I genuinely cannot conceive of how people hear it. Yanni, I hear Yanni. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I, I can't understand how people hear Laurel. Apparently, uh, if you hear Yanni, you're funny and beautiful and can hear things like on a higher register oh, and you're just right, kind of a better right, person okay, whereas if okay. you hear and Lauren so you're, you're the exception that proves the rule to that one if then fucking fuck off <laughs> on to the news this week <laughs> and Call of Duty dominated 
the news because we had the Black Ops 4 event, the reveal event. Flops. Where everything was confirmed. Every rumour has come true, effectively. And the most noteworthy rumour was that the game wouldn't have single player, it would have a Battle Royale mode, and yeah, that is correct. It's going to have a Battle Royale mode called Blackout, but the thing is, and it's going to have a Zombies mode as well, but the multiplayer has narrative-driven missions, apparently, or, or at least... I don't know. Like, like that, that's the, that was the kind of Sounds what they were trying to push, that there are narrative elements to the other aspects of Call of Duty. The, it'll be narrative fiction. There's a story here, but it's being told inside the multiplayer universe, which makes me feel like a kind of Destiny 2-esque. I don't know. Like, look, I, I said this when it was revealed on Twitter. This isn't for me. And that's fine. I get it. And I understand why they're doing this. Yeah. The multiplayer is a cash cow for them. And uh, they, I'm trying to find it here. Someone said that to uh, Call of Duty's executive vice president and general manager, Robert, Robert Kostick. He said that uh, when, when talking about the decision to leave out single player and how like, you know, fucking multiplayer is, is the daddy like. Um, and Treyarch's Dan Bunting also said that when I first started on multiplayer in the Call of Duty franchise, 10% of our population was playing competitive multiplayer. Fast forward to 2015 or 2016, you're looking at 90% of our players are playing multiplayer. So like, it's understandable, as I say. Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm Apparently one of the 10% who are playing the uh, uh, the campaign because I really enjoyed the campaign in Call of Duty. And, you know, I mean, Battle Royale, it's like, it's the big thing these days, isn't it? I mean, it's gonna, they're going to capitalise on it. But it's, yeah, I, I'm disappointed because I really like the campaigns and this, you know, I'm really don't have much interest in, in this, to be honest. That's just me. I like a campaign in this in, in most games. So, yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed. But, you know, I mean, zombies is zombies, isn't it? I mean, that's going to... You can obviously, like, play alone with that, they're saying, because it's now got AI bots and stuff. But, I mean, yeah, it's... this. Yeah, I'm, I'm just really not like, meh. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, it, it, they've said that 90% of their players are playing the multiplayer now. So, you know, the, for the greater good, I guess. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying, is that it's understandable. Yeah. It's, this is how they make their money. Yeah. So looking at it from a business standpoint, oh, yeah. I, 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 I just, personally speaking, I don't like it, because yeah, no, like, yeah. like you, Mike, I, I play Call of Duty for the campaign, yeah. and I know you're yeah. similar, Alice. Oh, yeah. That the, like, in this case, we're the exception to the rule. Yeah, definitely. We, <laughs> because I, I have zero interest in the multiplayer. Yeah. Because I do not have the reflexes or, yeah. or the want to fucking learn <laughs> how to be good at it, yeah. to be that good at it. Yeah, it's the, ridiculous. The thing to compete these days, you need to actually, you need to, like, go home, have your tea, and then go, right, it's time for two hours of blops. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't have the time to keep it. But you know, not every game can be for me because if they were, then every game would have you know characters that I could romance. And man, imagine if Blops had a romance system with <laughs> But would, like this being the first Call of Duty in fifteen years not to have a campaign, does that not like I know what you're saying? Yeah, every game can't be for you. I don't know, maybe did you did you have any attachment to the Call of Duty campaign? Because again, I didn't for years and years, and I think it was Advanced Warfare actually. So it's only kind of a recent development for me that 
I went like, this is great. This is a summer blockbuster. This is a, like yeah. popcorn. Popcorn, yeah. And it's really enjoyable for five or six hours because Christ knows games are getting very, very long and it's nice to have an experience that's in and out in a relatively short space of time. Yeah. I mean, I, I really liked the earlier, well, I say earlier, like Modern Warfare was just an amazing campaign. The so good single player campaign, um, and I think they've been getting a bit worse. Yeah, I, I over agree. the years, uh, so I don't really have a massive. So you know what, I probably wouldn't have bought this blops to play for the single player, especially as well because it's like that's sixty quid if assuming you get it, you know, out the box for you know five hours of if. <laughs> I'm not saying like dollars to hours, but like if if you are spending full price to play like not the majority of the game, if the majority of the game is the multiplayer, that that's probably not the game for me. Yeah, but it's, I mean, to play devil's advocate, you can say that about Uncharted or Tomb Raider or what do you mean? like the majority of the game is the multiplayer. Like the majority of any game is going to be the multiplayer. If well, you, I mean, if over a long enough timeline, yeah. But like, yeah. The, but it's like Uncharted 4 had a fucking 30 hour game. But what I'm saying is that the multiplayer can be the longest portion of the game if you want it to be. You don't have to. Whereas for me, I put six hours into Call of Duty, uh, Call of Duty's single player and probably 20 minutes, half an hour into the multiplayer. Have a look at things, go, alright, okay, Grant, yeah. I'm, sh- I'm shit at this. Do you yeah. know what? I played it more when I, when I had a bunch of friends that I was playing it with as well. Because then we would squad up or do verses together. I'm not about playing with strangers these days because strangers on the internet are assholes. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, strangers, strangers <laughs> people are assholes. My God, the amount of times in the past week that my faith in humanity is just, it's just gone down and down, ever dwindling. Oh, you were on holiday. <laughs> people, uh, but people, I think it's when people want to get somewhere. Fuck me, they're the rudest. Yeah bunch of pricks yeah so they yeah don't give a shit do people they? are bastards you're dead right Alice <laughs> but some people will be very excited about Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 coming no sorry what, <laughs> what are you saying Call of Duty Modern saying? Warfare 4 <laughs> I should say not the second one the fourth one uh, which is rumoured to be next year's Call of Duty well hey does that excite you Mike I'm guessing from the way hey, it does <laughs> not really yeah you yeah, know um, I as I was just saying to Alice, I do, I did like the um, Modern Warfare campaigns, you know, Soap, Captain Price, all that lot. I'd say like, I mean, the, obviously the characters in those games, they weren't exactly, it wasn't like Shakespeare or anything, but I'd say out of all the, uh, of all the campaigns and all the characters, I think the, that kind of like, that group of the most memorable, I'd probably say, obviously like Captain Price and Soap. And I think that if I, presumably they're going to like continue, you know, that kind of story arc. It, I mean, it, it did finish, but at the same time, there was like room for more, I think. So, I mean, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't already release a Modern Warfare 4 because uh, 3 did so well. It did do really, really well. So I thought maybe their next one would have been Modern Warfare 4. If it is happening, I'm kind of surprised that it's it's happening after all this time. But I guess like they're on oh, Black Ops 4, you know, let's do a Modern Warfare 4, mm. you know. Did you, did you follow the series afterwards, Alice? Uh, like after the initial one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For like up to, yeah, to 3. But I... I don't know. I just felt like it's getting worse and worse, man. I don't think it will top the first Modern Warfare. God, the, black, yeah, the fucking... That's call, the spirit. The Call of Duty timelines, man. 
the first modern warfare, which was actually Call of Duty 4. 4, yeah, 4, mm. yeah. So now we're on Call of Duty 4, part 4. <laughs> Subsection C. <laughs> I'm not sure what part of Pokemon we're on, but it's probably... Well, this is sounds like it's going to be Pokemon... Like four of... This is probably red, part, red. part four or five as well, because you had red and blue, and then you had yellow. Yeah. And... Keep going. Is that, well, that was it. Like, because as in, in that space. I get it. Well, then, then you, you had, had leaf green, and then you had... They were, they, um, but was that, that was like the next set of games, though, wasn't it? Like, that oh, wasn't yeah. connected to this. Um, the reason I say that, that I'm kind of connecting all or this next Pokemon game to the original, is because apparently this one is. Apparently it is set in... Let me find the name of the region. Kanto. Kanto. Pallet uh, Town. Love it. Uh, it will be called Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, and the alternative will be Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. So it's not a, a color or a diamond or a sapphire That's or ruby or anything like that. interesting. Like a logo has appeared online as well, but like none of this is, is confirmed at all. However, there was a screenshot that went around. Was this last year that this um, screenshot went around? I think around? it was earlier this year. Of uh, basically the player character riding around on a Lapras with Eevee on their shoulder, mm. which is similar to, I suppose, yeah, Pokemon Yellow and Pikachu was following you around. Yeah. And it's been done in um, a couple of the games, yeah, since so then. So the reason it's called Pokemon Let's Go is apparently to link it back to Pokemon Go. God, and the summer of 2016, the last time the world was good. Um, <laughs> I mean, the Brexit vote did happen in June 2016. But yeah, so the, this is going to be somewhat or somehow linked to Pokemon Go, which yeah. I, d- yeah, go for it. Yeah, like, oh, that, yeah. That, that would be a very clever decision. Just, yeah, move, yeah. just, even, just even the word go. Mm. But how, how would it be linked to Pokemon Go? Because as far as I'm aware, and please correct me if I'm wrong, the Switch doesn't have AR capabilities, I don't think. I mean, they probably could release an AR camera or something. Like, the 3DS does have, have AR. So, it's possible, but... Or, 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 would it, or would it be linked in a different manner? Is it that, like, the Pokemon you collect in Pokemon Go are somehow swapped over? Yeah, integrated, maybe. I think I just want to... Or is it literally as simple as the word go. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I think the gist is they want to like literally just get it so that you're going to be probably obviously with a switch you can, you know, play it on the go so you'll just be like going around hoovering up Pokemon as you go kind of thing. I think maybe they just want to integrate it, you know, make it part of that kind of DNA in that respect. But I mean, admittedly, my knowledge of um, Pokemon is pretty much Pikachu, Charizard and that fellow with the cap. Ash is his Ash, name. Ash, the ledger. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. Pikachu. <laughs> uh, it... I think it's incredibly strong because even if they don't actually link it to Pokemon Go very much, like just saying to the fucking millions of people that loved Pokemon Go, and now it's on this thing that you can buy as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. If you liked Pokemon Go, you'll love Pokemon Let's Go at the low, low price of two hundred ninety nine ninety nine for a Switch, mm-hmm. and then sixty good like. <laughs> Well done. Because even if you don't get adults buying it, you'll get adults buying it to placate their children going on about it as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's a good opportunity to convert people that maybe weren't quote unquote hardcore gamers 
Mm. Is Pokemon is Pokemon Go still actually like a thing? I mean, I don't. Mm, it's yeah. not as big a thing. Yeah, it, like, I mean, it was huge, wasn't it, when it came out? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there are loads of articles going like it's going to drop off. Like, yeah, obviously, that all mobile that games drop things off. Things <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But because it started with so many millions and millions of people playing it, it has dropped off a lot. But there are still millions of people playing, playing it. it. Yeah, it's just not as as much as there were mm. two years ago. And it's clever to use the word go. Like I, I, yeah. I do think something as simple as as that. Like as you say, Alice, you loved Pokemon Go. Well, let's go, <laughs> Pokemon trainers. <laughs> it's uh, it's a very clever little idea. If yeah. this is all true, because yeah. this may be revealed. I mean, if it's going to be revealed somewhere, you'd imagine it would be during the Nintendo Direct at E3, or yeah. sooner. Apparently, I mean, there's that uh, murmurs going around that it will be this month. But oh, there's always murmurs there's going to be a Nintendo Direct every five minutes. No, no, no. Mm. Well, we, uh, I think they're sort of going towards like a standalone Pokemon reveal rather than a Nintendo Direct. Yeah. A Pokemon yeah. Direct. Well, yeah, well I'm just, sure yeah, or just like, hey, this is real. This is Pokemon mm. for Switch. Yeah, but yeah, probably E3. I mean, yeah. Well, look, those, these rumors may be unfounded. They may come to pass. Who yeah. knows? I somehow doubt Nintendo would take the attack uh, of Bethesda, though, and... Make fun of these rumours uh, being leaked <laughs> because you spoke about the Rage 2 rumours last week. It is confirmed. We do have a gameplay trailer now because I know the, the trailer had mm. been announced and it was a lovely video of Andrew WK. I thought that teaser video was fucking great. I thought it was really, really great. How did you think the gameplay trailer was? I, I so. Obviously, I mean, I believe the team that made Mad Max are involved. And, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, so it's it an avalanche. So it quite a lot like Mad Max, but mm-hmm. I'm okay yeah. with that. I thought that Mad Max was the best 7 out of 10 game made. Oh, generous. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, as our new review policy on videogamer.com would 7 tell out of 10 means good, yeah. Uh, and Funnily enough. <laughs> the... Yeah, check out the new review policy, by the way. I think it's very good. Yeah. But, so the Rage 2 is... Um, in, Ra- in Rage 2, you are a walker, which I enjoy the fact that you're a walker and not a zombie because The Walking Dead has made us made it now known that Walker is a zombie. But yeah, you're a walker <laughs> and you're part... It's kind of very Warriors-like, I think. It's just, yeah, a dystopia and there are gangs. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there was an asteroid that fucked up 80% of the world and... Yeah. That's kind of it, really. I'm, yeah. I'm really up for it. I'm up for Andrew WK, the game. See, I wonder, <laughs> is it Andrew WK, the game? That would be my only... Like, I... I was obviously sceptical at first because I was going, Rage 2, fucking why? Why? Like, what's... Why now? <laughs> Rage, but why at all? Rage mm. 2 is not... It was fine. Yeah. It, it, it's, yeah. it's like like most people go, yeah, Rage is alright. Right. Yeah, right. But not something you either expect, go, it was alright yeah. or disappointing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but it does... I mean, for all intents and purposes, this could be an entirely different game. It, it's it, open world, isn't it? Um, um, I believe so, yeah. Previous yeah. Rage was kind of... Not... Open world, exactly. Kind of linear-ish. Linear with open bits, I guess. I, I mm. like, after watching the initial trailer and the gameplay, well, the gameplay is actually nearly kind of put me a little bit more on board. I'm like, yeah. I'm a little bit intrigued. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not all in because I'm slightly worried it could get annoying. The, the first trailer was... Like, <laughs> there were points of it where there was, like, so much dude. It was like, 
Alright Yeah Cool Cool uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it, the only thing, it was <laughs> I have um, bullets as middle fingers It's like <laughs> Cool yeah yeah No that's, that's fine And I don't know It could be fun It could go either way The only yeah. thing it was yeah. missing Was someone playing uh, guitar on their own leg Like Vogue from <laughs> Yes <laughs> Why there wasn't I don't know It's uh, Yeah it's. I, I'm, in, I'm intrigued And I'm, I'm, I'd love to have a conversation To go what, Why? Why rage? What? Oh do you know I'm I mean, up for that though. You know cause, Like Ubisoft have done it a few times Where like They'll have done a game There's loads of better people like But it maybe doesn't Hit A bunch of Points or whatever And they go Right okay then Let's take the stuff people liked Let's have another crack at it mm-hmm. And I'm alright with that Assassin's Creed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Watch I mean, Dogs. Watch, watch Dogs is a, a prime example. Uh, yeah, Watch Dogs. Yeah, yeah. Outlast, however, that <laughs> sequel. Well, I say that. I know Alice Bell wasn't too fond of us. Yeah, it was. It was, it was all right. Actually, yeah, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, you thought it was more. It was. It was okay. Outlast has apparently sold 15 million copies across the globe. Which I'd like to know is. Is that actually copies sold, or are we including PlayStation Plus numbers in that as well? Because it was the time people do that, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd like to know if someone. No, even if it is still an impressive number, I wouldn't have thought Outlast would have sold that money. To be honest, but there will be a new game from Outlast developer Red Barrels that is set in the Outlast universe, but isn't an Outlast game, or at yeah. least a quote departure. From what the Outlast games are. Yeah, so it's not Outlast 3, basically, but it's in the same universe. And yeah, it's they're going to chop, uh, chop and change things by the sound of it. So I'm guessing that's... I mean, I didn't play the second one. I liked Outlast 1. It was really cool, I thought. Um, if they want to, like, jazz things up a bit, then yeah, that's cool. I'm interested in it. I mean, it could be good. I wonder if Departure means, like, not a horror game or, like, oh. a horror game where you play as a monster instead, like... What is, I did, I, do you know what? I didn't even yeah. think of the second option. I, like I, I, I took Departure. I took yeah. Departure as not a horror game, mm. or maybe not running away all the time. Like, like when the game won't really be Outlast, I suppose, won't it? The, <laughs> well, that's a Departure, really. Yeah, yeah, okay, that is. <laughs> the was it the first one? Or did, did both Outlast have a video camera? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And you're a journalist in them, aren't you? You're a journalist in the first one. Yeah, uh, yeah in the second one, uh, if I remember rightly, you are a, a cameraman and your wife's the uh, on-screen investigative journalist. This Wanderer's going to have some... She falls out of a helicopter and then you go and find her and then there are like Satanists, violent Satanists and a violent Christian cult. Who, who's the real bad guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. both sides are as bad as each other. Yeah, um, yeah, you know? yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Fuck my life. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I like the idea of a kind of a monster snap. Like Pokemon snap, but just like... Mm. It's like going around filming. You must get footage Yeah, yeah. Of and you start with like Sasquatch. And then, Sasquatch. And then they get more and more dangerous. Yeah. You build up Somebody to... make that. Fuck, fuck my life. Yeah. Somebody get on that immediately. That would be amazing. Yeah. So you go to Scotland, you have to get in there. You go to different areas and you have but to like have to be stalk really... them and you have to yeah. track them. <laughs> to make it like properly outlast, they'd have to be kind of, I don't know, really deformed versions of like, yeah, Bigfoot, but like not Harry and the Henderson's Bigfoot, like really manky, <laughs> rotten, I don't know, eyeball hanging from its socket sort of Bigfoot. <laughs> Disgusting a carnivorous thing. Nessie as well. Maybe. I'm not talking about Outlast now. You know, I just think some dev somewhere should make it. And it turns out actually they're quite nice, and they're just like you know. And you're the real monster all along. No, not that you're the real monster. You're just on. You know, you're just trying to track them down, and you meet them, and then like you, then you know, like giraffes when they lean down, and they're like, oh, and that'll be like Nessie, and you're like, 
See, like face. in the film Loch Ness, when the little girl is standing there going, <laughs> in like when was jumping the film around. Uh, Loch Ness <laughs> <laughs> I like, literally have no 1995. idea. <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> uh, something new and something good as well is the Xbox Adaptive Controller. So Microsoft has released a new controller for the Xbox One that is available in the US now for a hundred dollars and. There's no word on a UK release yet. No, not yet, but, but fair play to them. I but mean, yeah, hopefully yeah. it will come because they've worked with a number of uh, charities, video games based charities, including Special Effect, yeah. who I believe like their base is in the UK, isn't it? I it's think not just so, a branch. Yeah. I think it's their base. I apologize if I'm incorrect. And uh, the idea with this controller is that it allows people with a number of disabilities, because it's quite, it's very customizable, yeah. uh, to play Xbox One games. So yeah. it has, I think it has like the face buttons, doesn't it? And it has two... It's got, yeah, two very large buttons. Do you know what it's like? Be, yeah. It's like this Steam controller, actually. Do you know those discs that were programmable? Oh, uh, yeah. like, okay, it's, yeah, I get it's kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. yeah, you can fully re- um, program them to suit your needs, yeah, which is pretty cool. And you, you, can pl- you can plug in uh, different attachments, yeah, yeah, like foot, part, foot yeah. pedals and... Yeah, all the third-party stuff, you can just plug directly into it so you can like customise it and stuff, like, yeah. Uh, Mick Donegan, the uh, founder of Special Effects, said, Our experience in helping people with complex physical disabilities to access video games has enabled us to provide not only very relevant advice about features and design, but also direct feedback from a user-centred perspective. Microsoft have a product here that has the potential to help many people globally to enjoy the magic of video games. (laughs) And anything that does that is good. Yeah, fair play to them. That's great. Mm, I think it's awesome. You know, if you love games, why would you not want more people to play them? Some games that you won't be playing for a while, because we're just going to do a delay roundup, effectively, are Skull and Bones, Borderlands 3, maybe, who knows, (laughs) Shenmue 3, and Metro Exodus. All of them are delayed. Shenmue 3, what a surprise. I mean, what's like another six months? We've been waiting, what, fucking 17 years for it now? Or, um, well, I have at least anyway, I don't know about anyone else. When was the the initial... Release date for Shenmue 3. Shen, okay, Shenmue 3 was originally slated for December 2017. Then it was pushed back to quarter two 2018. And then it's been delayed until 2019. Oh man, those screenshots. Oh yeah, you, you mean for, what, the mannequin ones. Oh, yeah, yeah the mannequin terrible. ones. Ryu's eyes, yeah. There's no life in me. Yeah. Uh, Metro Exodus <laughs> as well. That's been delayed until no, Q1 of 2019. Huge, hugely surprised by that either. Because we haven't seen much since. Yeah. We yeah, just saw that fucking cool ass video and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been underground, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, the Take Two game is an interesting one because mm. it, was, it was during uh, an earnings report that they announced. <laughs> so they announced that at, like an, an unannounced game has been delayed. Because they didn't. Uh, did they, or did they call it an unannounced game or did they just say. We are delaying a particular game. They, did, they didn't say Borderlands. They didn't say no. I think they just said the release of one. Yeah, uh, one a major two K. Uh, no, it was hotly, highly anticipated two K title. Because it all, did it also insinuate that it was going to be a a sequel of some kind, which led many people to believe it could be Borderlands three or maybe even this Bioshock that came out during the Mafia. Yeah, it's, I think they mentioned. Ago. Yeah, I think they mentioned it was like part of a franchise. So people were obviously highly anticipated part of a franchise. Usually, it led people like, yeah, it's going to be Borderlands Three or possibly the new Bioshock. But I mean, Borderlands Three has been. I mean, they have like obviously ran. Is it Randy Pitchford? Yeah, Gearbox? yeah. He yeah. said like he's obviously said like at various times. Yeah, we're making it kind of thing mm. or whatever. So, I mean, I'm guessing that's been in the works for a while. So it probably might be that. 
And Skull and Bones that will be out hmm. uh, oh, no. next fiscal year, so somewhere between April 2019 and March 2020. Does anyone does anyone still give Do, a shit? I haven't given this a look, to be honest. Uh, I was... Like, I'm glad that they're doing something to it because when I played it, it was just a reskin. Like, it was just a sailing section from Black Flag, right. Black Flag, but spruced <laughs> up a bit to the yeah. to the extent that when the guy was explaining the controls at the at it was E3 booth, he he, he went, yeah, yeah, it's basically exactly like Black Flag, and they went, I'm not exactly like Black Flag, it's pretty different than Black Flag. <laughs> like, so I hope actually they change it. Well, I got enough time you know? to, haven't I? Do yeah, something with it. They're, they're trying to give themselves some time. But I don't care about old Ubisoft games. I only care about new ones and unannounced franchise titles that will be out before March 31st, 2019. Because that was something that also came from uh, Ubisoft's earnings report was that there will be a new game from uh, a, a already established franchise. Yeah. Which, can we all agree, is Splinter Cell. Yeah, I think it's pretty much like guaranteed to it's be fucking back. nailed yeah. on, isn't it? Yeah. Like with it's, the ghost, it's not Assassin's Creed with the Ghost Recon stuff. Yeah, and like even the uh, what's it called the the Canadian Walmart thing, which everyone was like, "Aha, look at that!" But like, I'm Rage Two has come to pass, and Rage Two was one of the most <laughs> outlandish. Yeah, so like. Uh, Splinter Cell was mentioning that as was like Just Cause and there was a few others like maybe they'll be a thing I don't know we'll, we'll, Forza we'll, Horizons we'll, we'll, 5 Forza Horizons 5 <laughs> yeah yeah they skipped one so maybe yeah. not all of them will be on the money but I th- I think this is most likely yeah, yeah. Well, most likely yeah. they're still supporting Origins so it's not going to be Origins I don't want yeah. another yeah. Assassin's Creed already as well no well that's yeah. meant it's to like be- no fucking make it make it <laughs> An Assassin's Creed release matter. You said you would. You said you'd stop fucking doling out these yearly updates yep. like when FIFA was in its pomp and it was just fucking reskin, uh, change the, the players, put a new, whoever the hot property is on the box and that's what FIFA was at that time. Yep. And that's what Assassin's Creed had become. It's yeah. now set in France or now it's set in London now it's yeah. set in whatever and it's the same fucking bullshit. <laughs> so they changed that with Origins. Yeah, they so did a great job. please mm. don't Please don't give me another Assassin's Creed. No, no. I think that I think they will like take their time. Hopefully, but yeah, it's. I mean, it hasn't Splinter Cell been like that's been like rumored for a while now. This has been Blacklist was ages ago. Yeah, five years. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. The only other thing it could, I think it could maybe be will be Watch Dogs, but I think it's more likely that they'll maybe announce Watch Dogs Three is happening. Yeah, yeah, it's probably a thing, but yeah, probably not a thing. Give me, give me new ideas, new games. I don't care. Wait a minute, what's this? Yakuza 3, 4 and 5 are being remastered for the PlayStation 4. Well, give me all the old games, please. Do you just want to talk about this for five minutes and we'll leave you alone? Well, I think this is a great little idea. Because yeah. fucking bring, bring the entire franchise out on PlayStation 4 and current-gen hardware when yeah. you have... Uh, uh, an ever-growing install base because of Zero, because of Kwame, because of Six. Yeah. The only thing is this hasn't been made official for our part of the world yet. But it will. <laughs> I'm pretty you'd, sure. You'd think so. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've really pushed um, Yakuza the last couple of games. You know, they made an, an effort to like, so yeah, we're going to bring this over here. You know, we're going to keep supporting the series over here. And they have. I mean, we got Kiwami 2 this summer, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... I don't see why they wouldn't. And like, like you said, it's great to have them all in one format. We're about a year behind 
behind Japan. Yeah. Because the Yakuza 3 remaster is going to be out in Japan this August. The Yakuza 4 will be out in the autumn and Yakuza 5 will be out in spring of next year, at least. That's the yeah. projected dates. And obviously, like, these aren't full-blown Kiwami remakes because they are PS3 games and they actually look pretty decent. So they're, like, obviously just spruced up kind of like textures and frame rate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what you'd expect, really, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, it makes sense. Bring yeah. them out on, on current-gen hardware. The only right. issue there is, will they get to the West quick enough for people to not have moved on to the PlayStation 5? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Because apparently, the PlayStation 4 is entering its final phase of its life cycle. This isn't even my final form. Uh, <laughs> PlayStation CEO John Kadira was speaking to a couple of big wigs at Sony's corporate strategy meeting. And uh, a Wall Street Journal reporter was there and he noted that Kadira said that, yeah, the PS4 is coming into its final phase. Now, some people are speculating that this maybe has been blown out of proportion a little bit and him mentioning the final phase is because the PlayStation's forecasts are going down. So they're they're at like, what is it, 80 million sold? So they're kind of being a bit more realistic and going, rather than selling 19, we're going to be 19 million this year, whatever, we're going to be selling 16. 16, yeah. So to... Cam the uh, the investors and stuff like that, or just the board. It's basically look, yeah, we're we're kind of winding down a little bit to yeah, re- like, readjust their expectations. But I final phase, like you know, that could be three years for all we know. Yeah, I I, I don't think the PS Five is around the corner. I think no. we're we're okay. Yeah, but one thing I know is around the corner for Japanese Nintendo Switch owners is Resident Evil Seven Cloud version. Wow. This, this is a, an interesting one. Yeah. So rather than release Resident Evil 7 on the Nintendo Switch, Capcom has... Yeah, this, this is out as well, isn't it? Or no, it's out, like, soon. Yeah. I mean, a couple of days, basically. A couple of days, yeah. Uh, Resident Evil 7 uh, Cloud version will have, yeah, the base game, all the DLC, and to play it, you'll have to download a 45 megabyte file, and that's it. Really? Um, so you can play it for 15 minutes and uh, as a sort of a trial. Yeah, and then you have and to splash out 2,000 yen for a ticket and then you get 180 days. That's the interesting part of this. You mm. don't own it. You don't, yeah. no. No, you don't own it. And apparently it's the, um, it's the PC version, which is uh, they're basing it on, which is being streamed, which I, I read is not an, an add-on afterwards, apparently. That's, that's what people are saying. It's an interesting development. I'm guessing they've released it over here as well. I can't see why that would be... A Japanese-only thing. Um, um, it's a shame that they're not going like they're not bringing it out like as a boxed release or a full download. Though I mean, I would have thought Resi Seven would have been like you know the next big thing for Switch in that respect from Capcom. But you know, Resi Seven on Switch, yay! On to what we've been playing, and Alice Bell, you are in a fucking state. I know yeah. it's warm in here. We're in what is effectively the hottest room in the entire world on the hottest day. I don't have the records to hand, but I'm going to guess it's the hottest day ever outside. Ever in history. And your body is just decaying too. There's no need to be rude. <laughs> Asbel, you have played State of Decay 2. Yeah. Yep. I want to know what it's like. What are all the zombies and... All that, I mean, the resource management. It's the Zeds, a, I should say. Sorry, they're not zombies, are they? They're Zeds. Well, they are. They're zombies. 
But well, in the way that like, uh, what's Days Gone Zombies called? Oh, uh, they're called uh, something. Um, is it freakers? Uh, yeah, freakers. freakers. That's it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, what are the Zades like? I mean, they're definitely zombies. Isn't a protected term. We can say zombies as much as we I want. I don't get why people fucking um, yes shy away from it. Just call them just zombies. Call zombies. What's it's the issue? Um, it's all right. Good. <laughs> it's fine. Like, um, it's. The end. The end game is kind of more difficult and interesting in that, and like, there's some really interesting stuff in it. But there's a huge swathe in the middle where you're just doing the same thing over and over again. Because it's nice. like, so what? What is that same thing? Well, my brother, when I played it with him on the live stream, called it shopping in adversity because you're just going out, you're going shopping basically, getting like bags of bricks and whatever, and bags of food, and then you go back to your house. And it gets more difficult because you have to go further away from your home base and more zombies appear as the game goes on. But that's basically it for most of it. So Sometimes you meet other people and they ask you to go shopping for them. Other NPCs? Yeah. So, like, yeah, kind of explain it to me. Like, well, you you are uh, a character, zombie apocalypse, and you have a a community that you have to look after. mm -hmm. So when you start the game for the first time, it will give you a tutorial. Um, you can choose two starting characters to play as from a range of different ones. So they'll be like, I think there's one that's like a brother and sister that don't really get on. There's a couple, the odd couple that wouldn't have got together in, in you know, real life, but mm-hmm. you know, find each other and whatever. There's like some old buddies that, you know, have survived together somehow. And then you go, you go to an army refugee camp. You find it's been overrun with zombies. You hook up with a soldier and a doctor and that's your first four. Um, their soldier and the doctor are different every time as well. It's all randomly thrown together. So you, your survivors, um, when you meet them, every time you meet a person in the game, they are they're randomised from a series of traits and oh something else I can't remember. But like statistics, I can't remember. Um, so basically, like everyone um, will uh, has the same four stats of uh, wits, stamina fighting and shooting which are your four basic ones and then they might be good at um gardening or medicine or <laughs> utilities <laughs> that kind of thing i'm unreal with an ak-47 and a troll yeah that's, that's how i roll okay. that's how you survive the apocalypse right mm. and so if they've got those skills that can be useful so like if someone's good at gardening you can maybe upgrade a garden in your home base better um but their traits are more interesting because their traits are more to do with their personality. So sometimes they might have a trait that's like, I'm a great outdoorsman. Uh, so everyone, I can make people comfortable sleeping outside so we don't need as many beds. That's really great. Other times people might tell terrible jokes and they genuinely annoy everyone in your in your base. So their morale... Oh, their morale so brings down the morale. Yeah, morale will be bad because someone in your team tells terrible jokes all the time and everyone's pissed off. But someone else might be a prankster who plays practical jokes and that cheers everyone up. <laughs> Sometimes you might get someone that snores. In a zombie apocalypse, that also sounds annoying. Yeah, yeah. The snoring annoys them as well. Snoring uh, makes people uh, tired. Keeps them awake. Because ah. they can't sleep. Yeah. So there's all really interesting stuff like that, and that changed it up a lot more, which is really interesting. And you can get people better at uh, um, different skills. Skills, that's the word. Because like, it's all like an RPG thing. You know, like in Elder Scrolls games, the more you do something, the better you get at it. So mm-hmm. if you run around a lot, you get better at stamina, basically. And their traits also kind of affect what sort of 
leader they'd be because as you do stuff you bring back food you help other people surviving out in the world and stuff um you get um standing better standing in the community and when someone gets to hero standing you can then make them the leader of your community but say like so there's this guy dave um he's quite an aggressive character he when you do stuff like you can get some little missions that are like some people stole our medicine let's go get it back some people will be like, I think we should talk to them. Dave's always like, we should fuck them up. Like, Dave's mm-hmm. always like, we should shoot them. Dave is unhappy unless we have a watchtower to shoot people from at our home base. And if you make Dave the hero, he would rule by force. So you have to manage all your your community. Yeah, yeah. And like have, the more aggressive ones, the more peaceful ones. Yeah, more aggressive ones might start fights back at home. That pisses everyone off. So you have to think, what kind of leader do I want So as, as the player, is that... Like, is, the, the like is, it, is it an irritation to try and uh, figure out how to keep all these people happy? I think that's the most fun bit. And that's the most variable bit and the bit that can be most interesting because you can just meet complete, you get completely random mixes of people that get on really well or that don't get on or, you know, like, and I, I think that's really cool. Like, there's one guy when we were playing on the stream uh, who was gracious and because he was gracious, it just improved everyone's morale. Don't know what that means. But you know, um, and so that that kind of thing is really interesting. But the rest of it is just like you go, you get some stuff, and it like the middle part of the game is the thing is it's during the middle part. It's not really that difficult to survive. Like you don't need a massive. Well, the zombies. And the zombies aren't that powerful. Well, they run at you, but they've they've got really low um, uh, awareness, so you can just wander about, and they probably won't see you. Um, if you've got a car, you can just drive around quite happily. It gets more difficult as the game goes on because you get more zombies turning up and you have the blood plague, which is a secondary infection that makes some zombies faster and can infect you with the blood plague. And then you have to build a cure. Uh, But I don't think anyone got infected (laughs) even when I was playing it because you can just sort of run away or you can get in a car and drive off or you can just kill them. Um... The freak zombies are back from State of Decay, so you've got um, the feral zombie, which is really fast and will fuck you up, and you should definitely not. The 28 Days Later zombie. Um, well, they're kind of like the zombies in um, uh, Left 4 Dead. So the the freak one will is just really fast and runs around on all fours, yelling. Uh, the screamer is kind of like the banshee. So the screamer doesn't have any arms, but will yell really loud to attract more zombies. That's the easiest one to kill. You can just... Take it out. Um, the there's the, I think it's called the bloater, which is just a big sack of gas that you can't take out with a car or close to because it'll hurt you and explode. Like standards. Yeah, yeah. There's the juggernaut as well, which I refer to as the absolute unit because he's just a big lad, and like if you drive a car into him, he'll just stop the car. So, is this is it rinse and repeat? Is that what drags yeah, it down a bit? Yeah, that's the thing. Like it's just the middle section is just interminable. Um, and you just, yeah, just have to go out, get more stuff, go out, get more stuff. And then imagine you get a bigger homestead and you're like, cool, I've got a bigger homestead, go out, get more stuff. You have to destroy the, so, but part of the end game is you have to destroy all the, the plague hearts, which are what are creating the plague zombies. So you just like, there'll be just like a big red thing in the, um, in like a shopping mall or whatever, like a big pulsating chunk of red goo. Mm. And you have to just throw explosives at it and waves of zombies will come for three waves. And they get harder 
because the each one you destroy, the next one will like gussy up and stuff. So that's kind of it's fine. Like, but the the bigger problem really is that it's really glitchy and buggy currently as it is. I was playing it on the Xbox One X. I wasn't playing it on. I was playing it on the best console that money can buy. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texture problems. The Xbox One X is obviously very brand loyal because a lot of textures rendered in just weird black and green kind of placeholder. A um, <laughs> lot of glitches. Uh, when we were playing on the stream, one of the characters just disappeared. Like his half of his body was just invisible and didn't I load did in. I did see that. Yeah. And then it's like all you can see is a backpack or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Backpack and then and, a head or... and then and then it crashed catastrophically. We had to quit back to the desktop. Um, uh, there's a weird thing where like sometimes a door will look as if it's open and then you try and go in and really it's closed which is really annoying if you're being chased by zombies zombies themselves will glitch through things quite a lot Um, cars will get stuck on tiny rocks which is really annoying Uh, there's just loads of loads of performance issues and annoyances and annoying bugs in it that are just not helpful Mm. Mm. Fine. It's fine. It's, it's, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Like yeah, I think exactly. you'll find. Mm. Uh, oh, well, sorry, Alice. Can you push over? We we seem to have have a guest. Dean, come in. Oh come yeah, in. Dean. Come in. Come in. Sit down. Sit down. I want to hear all about Call of Duty Black Ops Four. How was it? How long did you have with it? You recently went to LA to play it. I suppose we better say that it was at the big reveal event. You went to play it for Xbox achievements and PlayStation trophies. So please do enlighten us about Call of Duty Black Ops Four. It was it was certainly a Call of Duty title. It, it had all the elements of Call so, of Duty. Uh, I had a fair bit on it, so I had like an hour just playing it, and then an hour capturing stuff for for our sites. Um, so like solid two hours of getting to grips with the new mechanics and how it feels without the things from Black Ops 3, like the wall running and thrust jump, which was that was a big key thing in the presentation. Mm. If you remember, like he, he made the announcement, there's no no wall running, no thrust jump. And everyone went wild um, because no one likes the advanced movement mechanics. So is it is it more grounded? It's more boots to the ground kind of comp, uh, Call of Duty. <laughs> combat like that was literally what they said during the presentation they say that all the time They're every year with Call of Duty it's boots on the fucking ground yeah so like you know it, I think without the wall running and the thrust jump it does feel a lot better um, it just feels a bit more balanced in terms of um, online gameplay so uh, I was for it, but then they've introduced a bunch of new features or, well, not a bunch of new features. So they had specialist classes again, which they had from Black Ops 3. Mm-hmm. But this time in Black Ops 4, they've kind of like twist, like they've added a few more and they've done this twist where it's very, it's got a bit of an Overwatch feel where like at the beginning of a match, each person, person has to pick one specialist class, uh, but not everyone can have the same specialist class so once one is picked by one player uh, no one else can pick it they have to pick a different right. one so in a sense kind of like heroes in in uh, in Overwatch or like all these so there is only games. one medic there is only one assault class there is yeah. only basically yeah that's it and then it like like again you've got your your special ability and each class has also got like a little side ability unique to that specialist class uh, and it's interesting, you know, some people zipping around the map with uh, the grapple hook on their mm-hmm. uh, on their class. Other people, they've got this. Uh, so recon was one of the uh, specialist classes that I tried out, uh, and that like lets you uh, with your side ability plot these small radar things so that you can map out where the enemies are, uh, and then your main ability is that you 
flip down your, your visor and then you can see the enemies through walls. And for your teammates around you, it like sort of highlights these enemies in red. So on their hood, they can also see where they are through the walls. Hmm. So which was pretty cool. Like I thought that was really helpful when a few of my best plays from the uh, from the matches I played were literally just me being able to see the enemies come around the corners because some other guy on my team who was recon matched it all out. Yeah, so it was nice. And and is that just during the the normal multiplayer? Mode is that a, a team deathmatch type type thing? Yeah, so we 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 only got hands on with uh, the online multiplayer, so, uh, and we played team deathmatch, uh, a game called Hardpoint, and another one called Control Control, which where you just control certain points, and hard points is where you just capture these locations bef- before the enemy team captures them. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, no blackout. No blackout. No blackout whatsoever. Right. Even when speaking with the devs there, they were not saying a single thing about blackout. So, really? Yeah, they, we, they wouldn't give Was us a play account. Wraps? Yeah, it seems like they're trying to save it either, I guess, maybe for E3 or a time afterwards. Uh, but they were completely keeping their lips tightly sealed on that. That's a shame. I, so there was no... Uh, or you got nothing on how many players are involved, whether it is 100 or... Yeah, we, we didn't get anything. They, the most that they said was that it's the most players Call of Duty, a Call of Duty game has ever had. So okay. more than past Call of Duty games, whatever the total count was from yeah. one of those, it's more than that. That's all they they were saying. Hmm. Uh, but you you mentioned that it's similar to Overwatch, and I know you said that as well when you came into the the office. Yeah. Uh, like, do you think that this could have? Like, surely they're playing to two different audiences, though, are they? Or do you think an Overwatch audience could be maybe brought over to a Black Ops? I think that they think this is their aim is that like they they saw the popularity of Overwatch uh but they also acknowledged that their own games were really popular which is mm-hmm. why they kind of ditched the advanced movement mechanics because people really wanted a more classic Call of Duty feel, feel kind of game so it's a, a mis- mismatch of mismatch of the two mm-hmm. so like uh Overwatch kind of with a Call of Duty skin on top of it. Uh, you know, you've got all your standard Call of Duty elements where, you know, uh, your custom classes, where you can pick uh, all the attachments that you want on your guns, uh, any of the equipment and what side ability you want and all these things. Uh, but then with the kind of overwatchy feel of having a special ability that you charge up when you uh, keep, you know, keep earning points from mm-hmm. all your kills. Uh, and then uh, it went, once you use it, you got to earn all those points again to use it again. Uh, there is a new element to it. The, the they got rid of like the auto heal. So like now when you when you're injured, you have to manually heal yourself. Uh, so that kind of like makes it a bit more of a tactical kind of game. So I was going to say. So do you guess were, were there more campers? Like more people maybe staying back? Uh, the thinking man's Call of Duty because that's the idea, isn't it? That like maybe battlefield. Like in terms of your big war shooters. Call of Duty is a bit more arcadey, a bit more frantic, whereas Battlefield is a bit more slower paced. Yeah, I think at the beginning when I first started playing the game, it was I was running in guns blazing and was dying so fast and so quick because I never like went to the side to heal myself. Mm-hmm. Slowly I caught on to the fact that, okay, I need to start thinking a bit more tactically on how I'm going to do this. So there, there'd be elements where I'd run in, take out a few enemies, and like my health would be half health, so I'd quickly go off to the side to heal myself and then run back into the firefight. Hmm. So are you excited for Black Ops 4? Um, I think... I'm intrigued to see where it goes because there isn't a campaign 
and I've always played the Call of Duty campaigns, which is weird. I love the campaign for Black Ops One. Are you upset that there isn't a campaign, Dean? There, there, there isn't one. But the the weird way that they're pitching this is that although there's no campaign, each mode has its own kind of narrative. So all these specialists. Did you get any? Yeah, I was going to say, did you get any feel for that? Because to me, that sounds like how am I going to get a narrative in the multiplayer? Is that not going to be? Uh, the narrative is literally made from the match, and oh, Dean killed Rich there while I was looking I'm, on. Like, how when they, did you get any feel for what they mean by a narrative within the modes? I, I so zombies has always had a narrative that yeah. was like self-explanatory stuff. Uh, but with the online multiplayer, the way it was explained is that each of these specialists have their own story that players will learn, and when learning their story, they'll also learn how to better use the equipment and how to better work with one another. That's what okay. they said for that. And so it's half overwatchy in that, you know, the character learning more about the backstory exactly. of the character. Exactly. But how they how it helps you work with each other and stuff. I'm not sure how that's uh, no ne- ne- neither am I. And then Blackout, which like is this mode that they're keeping very, very secret at the moment. Uh, they said like the, the narrative for that is that it's just gonna be telling a story from all the Black Ops games over the years. So you're gonna see a bit of Nuketown or, or uh, some elements from the Black Ops 1 uh, single-player campaign make an appearance in this giant Battle Royale map. Hmm. I don't know how that's going to play out. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're going to have to wait and see. Bye, Dean. Uh, bye. Thanks, thanks. God, honest, you were very quiet there. I'm no sorry. Why? It's, it's, it's a sin for me not to hear your words coming out of your mouth. Divinity <laughs> Original Sin 2 is a video game. <laughs> and it's on the Xbox One. I feel that you've, for the purposes of your uh, segues this week, been quite insulting. I mean, that, that last oh, one sounded quite no. sarcastic. No, that was me. I was being nice to okay. say not to hear you speak. And... <laughs> I want to hear you speak about Divinity Original Sin yeah. 2. So it may seem that I'm extremely behind the curve on this. And in some ways I am, because obviously Divinity, <laughs> Divinity Original Sin has been out for a long time on PC. Um, it's currently in the Xbox game preview program. Mm-hmm. So I can now play Divinity Original, because I didn't have a computer good enough at home to yeah. run it. Uh, and everyone was telling me that I would love it. And you know what? I do. <laughs> good. <laughs> It's exactly my bullshit. It's um, uh, top-down kind of uh, RPG, kind of um, uh, sort of like the original Dragon Age, or like a plain Planescape kind of, or like a mm. thing. But that kind of thing. But like you know, for the now, so it looks beautiful. It's really gorgeous, um, and you can either build your own character or you can be one of the preset characters um, who, if you build your own character as I did, the preset characters will be possible companions you can have. Um, You can have up to three or you can play with other players. Um, Currently, I am running with a big red lizard, um, a kind of rangery uh, assassin and a warrior mage dwarf. It's pretty cool. I'm a witch. I'm a necromancer. It's great. Love it. All the others hate necromancers, though. It's pretty orcs. <laughs> Everyone in my team. Everyone in your group, yeah. all your friends don't like your people. Well, well, but you're okay, is it? I'm okay, yeah, yeah. They, they, they complain about necromancers and how foul they are whenever we come up against any necromantry type stuff. Mm-hmm. But I guess they're like, not you. We didn't mean you. You're okay. <laughs> you're one of the you're, good you're, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you see yourself playing more of it? 
Yeah, definitely. It's really, really good. I'm at the moment still. Uh, so I've escaped the first area, which is Fort Joy. Um, so the tutorial bit basically is that you are all sorcerers, which is you're a source of this power, this source. Um, and you're all being taken to a fort where the sorcerers are kept because uh, your power is now um, kind of assumed to be evil. Uh, you escape the fort. Um, and now I'm in uh, the swampland on the surrounding island and I must escape the island at some point. But it's, uh, there are so many different ways that you can escape. I found one of them, but there are many different ways to also find the route that I found, if that makes sense. And there are okay. several different paths you can take that aren't the route that I took. Uh, and it, there are loads and loads of different outcomes for different quests. So it's unbelievably stuff. open. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. I really, really like it. And I'm... Really enjoying it, and everyone who told me I would like it is correct. So <laughs> it is a little bit uh, like it's definitely better played with a mouse and keyboard, I think, because it's got like a hot, it's got like a, a hot bar and stuff, and it's because mm. uh, you can interact with a lot of stuff in the environment a lot of the time. Like you can use the bumpers to highlight different things, but a lot of the time, because controllers are less precise than mouse, you accidentally open the thing you didn't mean to, or accidentally talk okay. to someone who's standing next to the thing you wanted, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but and it's still, I've had a couple of crashes, but it's still in the preview program. So, you know, they're working on all that stuff. But yeah, really, really enjoying it. Super into it. You were almost a Jill sandwich. It's me, Mario. Would you kindly listen? Let's go bowling. This is my favorite store on the Citadel. War never changes. Every week on the Video Gamer Podcast, I test the gaming knowledge of my colleagues with a simple game called Who Am I? I give five clues to the identity of a video game character, and you, Alice Bell, and only you, Alice Bell, must give me the correct answer. All you have to do is say stop, and then give me said answer clue number one. My first appearance in a video game came in 2009. 2009, okay. 29. Continue. Clue number two, I have appeared in three games in my series, as well as Two fighting games. Clue number three. My last appearance in my series was in 2011 and was also non-canonical. So it's not part part of the story proper is what that means. Alice Bell. Incorrect. Clue number four. Like all big games... It was announced in 2009 that my story would be made into a film, but nothing has come of it. I have, however, had a one-part comic that was published by DC Comics. One-part comic published by a DC. one-part comic. I didn't know a one-part comic was a fucking thing, because surely that's just a comic. But apparently the internet calls it a one-part comic. Stop. Alice Bell. Oh no, copy DC. Fuck. No, carry on. And clue number five, like all good superheroes, I have an origin story. Mine involves a bicycle and some electricity. And I feel, if you haven't gotten it by that one... Oh, I can't remember his fucking name. I don't know, I can't We're at an impasse then. Just say it. Who... who, who the fucking who, the, the electric man from Infamous... <laughs> The electric man from Infamous. <laughs> Incorrect, I'm afraid, and nobody wins this week. Uh, the person that I was looking for, the, the name on my card is Cole McGrath, or as the Americans in the game called him, Cole McGrath. Uh, clue oh, num- yeah. <laughs> clue number one, my first appearance in a video game came in 2009, obviously Infamous. Clue number two, I've appeared in three games in my series, Infamous 1 and 2, and Festival of Blood. 
as well as two fighting, fighting games, uh, PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale and Street Fighter Cross Tekken on PS3 and Vita. My last appearance in, a, in my series was in 2011, was also non-canonical, which was Festival of Blood. You look at me like, did you, did you, did you ever play Festival of Blood? Did you no, ever come I didn't. Across? That, no. Was where, that was where you were a vampire. Clue number four, like all big games, it was announced in 2009 that my story would be made into a film, but nothing has come of it. I have, however, had a one-part comic that was published by DC Comics, which was basically... Uh, to fill in the gap between Infamous and Infamous 2. And clue number five, like all good superheroes, I have an origin story. Mine involves a bicycle and some electricity because he was... Because he was a courier he was, yeah. and he was carrying a thing and... Yeah. I thought his name might be Cole, but I was like, he's going to ask me for his last name as well. I, th- I think it, when it's just you, I maybe would have allowed it. But you didn't, you should have backed yourself, Alice. You didn't. I didn't back and you myself. failed. <laughs> Questions, uh, queries, comments, opinions, uh, you send them in sometimes and then we answer them, but sometimes there are too many and we don't get to all of them. <laughs> cool. So this... what, what was that face? It's very hot in here. It, it, is very, it is very hot. So yes, this is the part of the show where we do take all of the things that Alice said and we read them out. You can contact us at any stage of the week by emailing podcast at videogamer.com or on a Tuesday we send a call out for questions, comments, etc, etc on twitter.com through our Twitter username, videogamer.com. So, to go through some of the questions, Ross McMahon asks, when Colm is away from the podcast, do Alice and Rich appreciate more the art of a good segue? Uh, yes. Good, thank well, you. Fucking hell, finally. Well, I would, I, I would say I always appreciate the art of a good segue, even when Colm's here. Wow. What do you think of the cost per hour measurement for games? And do you own any games you have paid full price for yet hardly played? Personally, I find the figures interesting. Interesting. I don't know why I said interesting. That's interesting. not a word. Interesting. That's well, because we talked about that earlier. Um, I, it's a difficult one. Like, there are some games like Journey, for example, that if they were longer wouldn't be as good. But also, I don't believe Journey cost 60 quid. So if Journey so cost 60, would it be, you'd be a, bit a like, bit more? You'd be a bit like, you're taking the piss, lads. It's because there's no, I don't know if there's ever really a line, because I don't want to get into a place where we're saying like, well, you have to have this much time per pound or you lose a point or whatever. Mm. Do, you, do you know what I mean? But. That yeah, I I think like all things, it's something you take into consideration if it's egregious. It's a case by case basis, yeah. I suppose. Like that, if Journey was forty pounds or whatever when it was released, new maybe you would be thinking, that's quite expensive. But then Journey is one of my favorite games of the last mm. fucking ten years or so. So like, but also like like you don't have to buy. Journey when it first comes out for the sake of argument. So if you buy Journey in a sale, does that make it better? Yeah. It's a difficult one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian asks, uh, hello, you lovely people, and welcome back from E3 Judges Week column. Thanks, Ian. It was a, a, a lovely week meeting all my colleagues from America. Uh, I was recently offered a PSVR by a friend of a friend for a miserly £150. I turned it down due to a lack of good stuff to play and no space to keep it. Will I regret that anytime soon? I doubt it. I would say no, yeah. Yeah, it's... 
the PlayStation VR hasn't exactly taken the world by storm, nor no. VR. No, exactly. Uh, maybe it will eventually, but yeah, you're you're fine. I would Said say. Said it before, and I'll say it again. It's AR lads. That just about does it for this week's edition of the Video Gamer Podcast. Thank you very much, dear listener, for listening. As I said, if you want your opinion to be heard on the show, email podcast at videogamer.com. And if you want an extra bit of podcast as well, you can head to patreon.com forward slash videogamer, where for only $4.50 every month, you get about 15 or so minutes extra of the uh, weekly Video Gamer Podcast that you're currently listening to, as well as a four monthly podcasts uh, four extra monthly podcasts and no one else gets to listen to this week it's uh, dialogue options which is the one where we just kind of chat about shit and I was thinking maybe we could chat about holidays holidays maybe because Alice was on holiday two weeks ago I was on holiday last week just chat about holidays in general Uh, you can also rate us on iTunes and as Alice was saying last week sadly the system is broken you can only rate five stars it's still still the case Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter I am at Colm underscore Hearn and Video Gamers on Twitter Facebook Snapchat and Instagram at Video Gamer Common and YouTube YouTube.com forward slash Video Gamer TV but for all of your Video Gamer needs just say to videogamer.com and now it's time for my least favorite part of the show this is the part of the show where we must bid the listener adieu so say goodbye Alice Bell adios and say goodbye Conor Mahern Sloan Gaffole <laughs>